On today's show, have the Dallas Mavericks established a winning culture or reestablished one? What do they have to do to get there if they haven't yet? We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show. Make it Locked On Maps your first listen today, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, like the video, and comment anything below. Let me know in the comment section, how many wins will the Mavericks finish with this season? Are you in the 50-win camp yet? Are you ready for, uh, can they get past the 44.5 that was their over-under on FanDuel before the season? Let me know. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And joining me, the great pre- and post-game host on Bally Sports Southwest. What you got for me, Dana Larson? Hey, 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 Nick. How are you? It's so good to be back. And, uh, you know, last week when we were together, there were some interesting things that happened. I jinxed Kyrie Irving. (laughs) I talked about how he had to stay healthy. They had to help him stay healthy. Next day, he's out with an injury. And you... You used your powers for good. You got Dante Exum going. So who knows what we're going to do here today on this show. I used them for good. However, in that episode, (laughs) I did say Dante Exum. He doesn't score a lot, but he's going to do a lot of other things. Then he proceeds to have his career high like two times in a row. Yes. Yeah, he did. Well, he he heard you and off and away. Apparently. Apparently. Hey, if we can, if we can, if we can bully players into hitting their career (laughs) high in threes, let's go. Josh Green. Get up, let's go. <laughs> Jaden Hardy, let's go. Like, let's start bullying these players into making some shots. If oh we have God. that power, then, man, <laughs> love it. Absolutely. Uh, On today's show, though, we want to talk about if the Mavericks have established a winning culture yet. We each have a couple of things we're going to bring to the table as far as how we think the Mavericks have done that so far this season. And in the end, we'll talk about one thing that the Mavericks need to do to keep that winning culture, to, to establish it going forward, to you know continue to be a winning team. Because... I think many of us, myself included, are still scarred from last year. There's still like this Mm. little part of me that remembers, listen, remember the feeling when they lost two games in a row to the Hornets? Remember how bad you felt? Mm. Remember all the slander the Mavs received when they tanked the two games at the end and you knew why they did it, but nobody else seemed to understand why they did it. And now Derek Lively has made that worth it. But there's still this little part of me. But I'll, I'll start with you, Dana. How, do you think the Mavericks have established a winning culture? They're 15 and eight now. It seems like they're taking care of business. What's the reason why you think the Mavericks have established this? Well, yeah, I think they probably did like the second that season ended last year. Mm-hmm. There was a real determination, even though maybe through the offseason, um, they had to figure out the exact plan. But the thing was, they did an incredible job regrouping resetting and and I know we're all tired of like looking back at last year but that will ultimately be what they could you know uh, point yeah. to as being the springboard for this season because it was so disappointing and clearly so motivating not only for the front office but I think for Luka Doncic and I think so yeah. much of this winning culture is because of the way Luka 
set the tone, set the tone with how he approached this season, sets the tone with how he plays every game right now uh, from start to finish. So much of it is about him. You know, at this point, he's 24 years old. This is his sixth year, though. He's like a grown-up. He's an absolute grown-up now in the league. Oh, he's a dad and now. He's a dad. That'll that'll grow you up real quick. That'll grow you I've up heard. overnight. And so he, I think there was this, this realization that you are one of the best players in the world, but that is not going to win a championship. This league is too good. It is too hard. You have to have others uh, with you. You've got to bring others along. You've got to have a great group around you. Well, Nico Harrison and his team worked really hard to put the right kind of guys around him, but Luca knew that he had to invest in himself. He knew that he had to, you know, not only come in in the best shape of his life, but now he's got to sustain it. Uh, it has made a difference. It will make a difference. And he just has this, this maturity about him that I don't know that we we've seen until this year. And even last night, Jason Kidd said um, his maturity has gotten better. He pointed right to it. He said, you know, sometimes you'll see him frustrated uh, because someone misses a shot, but now he knows they're trying to do the right thing. I think when you're as great a player as Luca is and things have come so easily um, because you're just a savant, right? You're a genius at the game. When you, it takes time to understand why is it not like this for everyone? Why is not everybody where they should be or making every shot or whatever? He has come, you know, to a bit of a realization to trust other guys and the right guys are there. And, you know, he's, he, I just think has this maturity that has set up a foundation for this team He's leading the way. It's not just here's a superstar and here's the rest of us. It's let's all follow in line with, with the example that Luca is setting on and off the court. And I kind of think it starts defensively during games, at least. Like it starts there too, because that was the big area last year where I noticed okay, Luca will slack off or Luca will fall asleep off ball or Luca will do this. And then then all of a sudden Christian Wood goes, you know what? I can do that. I can do that too. Mm -hmm. I can, Tim Hardaway's like, I can do that too. And like, it seems like it just was contagious through everybody that, you know, Oh, if Luca's not, if Luca's not stepping up in this, then why? Right. It, it's almost like, have you ever watched hell's kitchen? I've been really into this show lately. It's that Gordon Ramsay show where it's a, like a competition. They bring in a bunch yeah. of chefs and they're, they're all trying to win in the end. Like there's one chef that wins in the end, gets a job from Gordon Ramsay and like, you know, gets to work in that organization. But on the way there, they all have to work in kitchens together. And so, like, they're all trying to do this. And, and in the end, like, all the people get eliminated. There's two people left. And each one runs their own kitchen. And they draft people that they bring back in. Mm. And so, like, you have to convince all those people that you basically tried to get kicked out to come and work for you and, like, to help you in that night. And it last year felt like a terribly run kitchen where you, they brought <laughs> everybody else back and, the, like, the main guy wasn't pulling his weight defensively. And now they're all like, okay, now we're all cooking together. Now we're all – we see the main guy. We see the executive chef, like, the main person who is Luca trying on defense, working through it, and, like – that has set this culture. You mentioned him working on himself. I mean, they talked about it on the broadcast last night yeah. that he has, you know, his, his trainer that he worked with over the summer has been around. We've, you and I have seen him at practices and he's working with the Mavericks now. He's worked on, like Luca has worked on his diet and all that. Like he has really taken this step forward that we've wanted to see from him for a while, but sometimes it just takes age, right? Like 
you know, I, you hit, I hit an age where I'm like, all right, I got to start taking care of myself now or else I'm just going to like, like, you know, not last as long as I want on this earth. You know, like there's a certain age where it just feels like you hit that uh, for, for sure. athletes. It comes a little earlier, but. Well, yeah. And when you're young, yeah. When you're young, it, it, it just, it doesn't seem that hard. And he was able to do everything he felt like he needed to. Um, you know, he was still, he was still so good. He's, he's always been great. But now, you know, I remember Dwight Powell at the beginning of this year actually saying, the scary thing is Luca is better than ever. And he could sense mm. that coming off his summer and watching him play and then in the training camp. And I think a lot of that was not only the physical side, but Luca just came in in a different mental place. Um, I think that he, he knew that there was, um, you know, a lot of thought put into the way they were going to go approach this season. And he was ready for it to make a difference. It, the thing I've seen too, like he is, he's playing every day. He's only missed the yeah. one game where it was for personal reasons. So he could be there, you know, for the birth of his daughter. He is playing back-to-backs. He's playing high minutes on those back-to-backs. He's playing with bloody lips and you know, as you call them, Luca Boo Boo. Some nights, but some <laughs> he of had it, two last night. <laughs> some two, you know, some of them are are things that probably maybe in years past or or you know in other circumstances you would sit right. But I think they saw there you, there is no taking off or giving away games early in the season. They learned that you need everything when it comes down to the end of the year. You don't know what's coming, right? You don't know what injury situations are coming. You don't know what trade might happen. You don't know anything. You have got to bank every single win that you possibly can along the way. And so he is he is showing we're going to play hurt um, or I'm not as hurt because I'm in good shape. I can manage it. I can deal with it. He's just in, I think, such a more mature such a more, you know, um, strong mental space, it feels like, and it's made a huge difference. It's been the biggest difference for the Mavericks, I think. And then the other difference to me has been their depth. And so coming up, let's talk about how next man up can be a mentality that actually works sometimes because it's working for the Mavericks right now. Let's talk about that and more coming up. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook has all kinds of props and odds that you can go and check out in FanDuel Sportsbook, go right there to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. If you put down $5 on any money line and you win, you get $150 in bonus bets. So go check that out. The MVP award right now, this is not a money line, but MVP award, Jokic plus 185, Luka plus 430 right behind him. So he's second right now, but there's a little gap between Jokic and Luka. And then Joel Embiid plus 650. Can't imagine he'd win the award again. Plus 800 for SGA, and then a drop-off plus 1,200 for Giannis, 1,400 for Tatum, plus 1,500 for Tyrese Halliburton, and then all the way down to Kevin Durant at plus 2,500. So Luca up there for MVP, and this may be the last chance you get plus 430 odds for him if he continues on his pace like this. Again, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Egging on the crowd. Peace out. Dang it. Uh, I love that drop that you started all of it, but I feel like if you didn't watch that game, maybe you don't understand where that came, where that came from. Uh, but this is the ref. Egging on the crowd. You started all of it. It's so funny to me. Uh, him yelling at Luca. Thanks, everybody, <laughs> for hanging out with us on Lockdown Mavs, being part of this show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. If you want to get more, if you want to be like a diehard fan, if you want Mavs info sent right to your phone, subscribe to the subtext. I sent a film review last night. I watched all 17 of Luca's assists and broke down how he got there and how you know the offense worked. I'm doing a mailbag today, and we'll do a bonus mailbag episode for Saturday that'll be audio only. So if you only watch on YouTube, check out the audio feed. 
we'll do that on Saturday. And then, of course, check out us this weekend. On Saturday, we'll have the post game against the Blazers. Tomorrow, we'll have the post game against the who are they, who are they playing tomorrow? <laughs> Timberwolves. Timberwolves. All right, all right, Dana, let's get into the next step here. We want to see if that have the Mavericks establish a winning culture. I think it's so important for teams to establish that early on to prove, hey, we are a winning team for their players mostly. It's like, all right, we are expected to win these games and we go into them. And if you don't do that, it can be a snowball effect. And we're seeing that both in San Antonio and in Detroit right now, where like the worst case scenario of this, where there are some people, including myself, that thought the Pistons would be on like the fringe of the play-in, where they were like, all right, let's take the next step forward. They have taken three steps backwards <laughs> in losing 20 games in a row. One of the reasons why I think those t- teams start taking a step backwards and the Mavericks haven't is this next man up mentality where I'm going to start with Tim Hardaway Jr. because he has really stepped up in ways that the Mavericks have really needed him. In three games, Kyrie has missed this season. He's missed six, but in three of them, Tim Hardaway had 32 against the Lakers the other night, 31 against the Wizards on the 15th of November and 24 against the uh, Chicago Bulls on November 1st when Kyrie missed those games. They won all three of those games, and in part because Tim Hardaway was the next man up, and he was a guy that came into the season thinking, you know, wow, I wasn't told that I was a sixth man. Literally told us that. At media, they told all the media that at media day. Oh, I, I, it's first I'm hearing that I'm going to be the sixth man, and look at him now. Started zero games so far, leading the NBA in scoring among players that haven't started a game yet. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. at 17.7 points a game. Next is Cole Anthony at 15, and Emmanuel Quickly's at 15 as well. Malik Monk almost at 15. And you start to look down that list, and you go, man, like, he should win the sixth man of the year right now. And he came into the season saying, ah, no one told me I'm going to be the sixth man. And here he is now, next man up mentality. And he's taking it on and, and doing really well and, like, being a mature vet about it. Yeah, this has to be one of the most positive things to have come out, you know, of the first two months of the season because this could have gone the total opposite direction. Um, you know, I think he obviously had the right approach to it. He's playing more minutes um, than he did in some of those seasons where he was starting too. So he can sense, I think Tim just wants to feel a big part of things, right? And so much, yeah. I think probably earlier in his career, you get really wrapped up in the, I need to be a starter and you're playing for contracts, right? You're, you're playing and, and that can change what kind of a contract you're getting. He's probably reached a place in his career too, where he's a little more comfortable with who he is. He's proven what he can do. He's in a good place now. I mean, you can see he and Luca have kind of figured out how to coexist too. There, uh, you know, appears to be a real respect between the two of them when you can have that they need that off the bench. You can't, you've got to have a guy like that. So um, I just, I think you really do have to give sort of a tip of the cap to Tim here for accepting it, for embracing it. And, you know, realizing as they always say, it's not about who starts, it's about who's finishing games. And, and he's a big part of, you know, those games in the end when they need him, and he's having huge games playing big minutes. So, I mean, it's really been, it's been a great situation so far. And there have been games he hasn't finished this year. Like his role has not been very consistent or his role as far as like when he plays has not been that consistent. His role, I'll talk about that in a little bit, but his role as far as what he does is very, very consistent. Like he comes in and knows exactly very, what he's going to do. Yeah. You mentioned you hit like a, he hit like a, some kind of threshold or hit some kind of like next thing. I think when you cross the hundred million dollars for your career mark, I think maybe that's when you start <laughs> hitting that. Like, I don't know. 
Yeah, well, that's, I, yeah. I think yeah. that would do it for I think me. For me too. Yeah. Yeah. He hit that. Uh, <laughs> I think he hit that last year, but but yeah, it's a, he's he's crossed it now and, and heading to 150 he's, after after next season, which is great. But but actually, I don't mean to say or or to try to you know I guess allude to like that he's settled or something like that because you can see he is still really mm-hmm. putting in work. In his game, he's still evolving. He's he's still adding things. He's not just a a catch and shoot three point guy. He's not just a stand in the corner guy. Like there is plenty that we're seeing from him um, offensively, but also, of course, he has always been really good at standing in and taking those charges and trying to kind of make up for maybe some deficiencies on the defensive end. But he's going to get you some extra possessions by taking a, a beating, um, you know, in the paint and standing there standing and hopefully it's not going to mean he's going to have to miss yeah, right. games because he's going to be dealing with some sort of a back thing. But I, I do believe that he's, he is more comfortable, but he's not just sitting back, um, you know, at all. You can tell he is still aggressively approaching his career at this point and wants to be a big contributor. And he, he knows that charge, that charge mark too, because after the game against the Lakers, he's, he's got three charges in that game. And he said, who's leading it? Is it still Brunson? <laughs> Like he knew right oh. off the top of his head, he knew who was leading, and uh, Tim Tim is leading now. At least after after Tuesday night, he okay. was leading the league in charges taken, uh, and taking that with a with a bad back too. He had he had back issues that kept him out of the Agreed. Grizzlies game, and so taking those charges, I mean that that's gutsy stuff right there. And sometimes I, I roll my eyes at how long it takes Tim to get off the ground with some of those things. I'm like, come on, how how long are you gonna stay? Like when, but Easy but you think about say, right? 100%. Easy for us to it's say. It's totally like. Not even <laughs> we don't have a D yeah. running into us. Not even see what that feels like. I'd be, I'd be like, I'd what's be lower than armchair quarterback when I roll, when I do that, I'm like, Oh, it's something, <laughs> something worse than that. But Tim has, Tim has been awesome. The next man up though, doesn't just apply to Tim. It applies to Dante Exum too, who didn't even start the season as part of the rotation. And now has really blossomed into exactly what, uh, what, a certain locked on Mavs host has said all summer that he should be. I was, I was right about one Aussie. I was wrong about the other. So I'm going to keep doing my victory lap about Dante. Cause I kept saying he needs to play more because he's exactly what they need. Point of attack defender can create an offense, pushes the pace on offense. If the shot comes around, he's an excellent player can be definitely a playoff player. And he's been so good as the next man up. Welcome to Exum. My my turn to throw in a show. I love welcome to Rexum. Oh I yeah. I love, I love, I love that, that show. show. So we got to do this, right, for Dante. I mean, this has been, this could just be one of the great stories of the season. And, you know, when you, obviously he's he was not having a great career for several years, and then he went off to Europe for a couple. So people are having to, like, refamiliarize themselves with him and his game. And I, you know, I actually went back and I was looking at um, a draft profile written about him before he was what taken fifth overall. Yeah. That's in 2014. That's actually been, I mean, that's quite a few years ago, but when you look back at some of the things that they were, they were that, writing about him. That's before the um, locked on podcast network was started. Dana. See, there you go. <laughs> I mean, he's, tw- he's, he's 28 years old. He's had set. This is seventh year in the NBA, nine years playing professionally. So this is a really smart guy who also had a ton of potential um, when he came in and, and you hear what they write about him, you know, a lanky guard combo, very comfortable running the offense, handling the ball in the open court shows, good court vision, shot making ability, exceptionally versatile, nice stroke out to three point range. 
I mean, all of these things that were comfortable backing down smaller players. And then it, mm. it actually, this was such a reminder to me. It said Dante has grown up as a superstar and carries himself comfortable, but not cocky. Dante Exum was a superstar as a teenager. I mean, so these are reminders. Like this is a guy who has a ton of game, has a lot of background. He, he, you know, obviously had bad luck. He had really bad luck early in his career with significant injuries. Then you kind of get in in situations and different teams and teams, you know, you fall out of the rotation for whatever the reasons are. He believed in himself. He bet on himself. He went to Europe. Um, which is risky, right? Sometimes you don't ever get a chance to come back. And, you know, kudos to this Mavs, this, you know, staff for fi for finding him, for researching him, for giving him this opportunity. But, but they have a guy who may now just be finding the moment to kind of blossom into the, what they thought he was going to be. I mean, you know, they said this guy carries tremendous upside, we're getting him now here with the Mavericks at, uh, you know, at where you get that sweet spot where you've got experience finally, but you're still really in your prime. And truly, he hasn't played a ton of games, even though this is like nine yeah. professional years. He really has not played a ton of games because of all these injury issues. So um, it's it's exciting and it's fun to watch. And, and he's a guy you can really root for. Yeah, 265 career NBA games in six years, which is not, it's not a lot uh, at all. So he's he's been excellent. And coming up, I want to talk about no. roles because I think that the Mavs have really established roles well for a lot of their players. And, uh, and we'll talk about that and how the Mavericks still have, have established this winning culture. And we'll talk about that coming up. Today's episode brought to you by Dave. Everybody has moments in their life where you just need just a little help. Like you, you just need, all right, can I, can I, can something help me to tide me over until... I get paid. Can somebody help me until I get this? Dave is there to help you at one time or another. We all need help like this. That's why Dave is great. Dave can help you get cash when you need cash in hand between paychecks and can help you build credit by settling extra cash advances on time. Dave is a banking app that's leveling the playing field financially. When you download Dave, you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need, no interest, and settle it up later. So how do you do it? You download the Dave app today. Download Dave at dave.com slash NBA. Again, dave.com slash NBA. You can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fee. Download Dave. Go to dave.com slash NBA For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve member FDIC. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. <laughs> All right, Dana. Let's keep talking about how the Mavericks have established a winning culture because I really think that I really think that they have so far because they're they're beating teams they should right they continue to win these games they're supposed to win uh, we keep saying I feel like every post game like the Mavs would have lost this game last year and they come in and, and win this game another reason why we've talked about the next man up uh, a couple more examples I wanted to give of next man up is uh, like Derek Jones Jr has been great at that. He had 20 points in a game against Memphis in October, a game against Washington in November when Kyrie was was out. They really needed that. Um, you could just point at Lively as the next man up because the Mavs needed to fill that spot, and he's filled it as well as you could hope. Last five games for Lively, 13 points a game, 11 rebounds, three blocks a game in this four and one run. He's been absolutely incredible. And then we've had some like smaller examples of this too, of like not just the bench players stepping up into starting roles, but like, Guys that aren't going to play, stepping up and actually playing. Hardy on December 11th against Memphis the other day, 
He had 19 points um, when, when Kyrie was out. You had Omax in that game against Memphis. He had 11 points when there was five guys out in that game. Uh, Rajon Holmes in both LA games, in both LA games com- combined, he's had eight points, mm-hmm. 17 rebounds, three assists, and a block in 38 minutes. And like that's that seems like small stuff, kind of, but the Mavericks really need that spot to be good. And he's been great in both those LA games. And then AJ Lawson in a loss, but still that 30 0 run against the Thunder. He had the 12 points, played good defense. Like we've seen even the 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 end of end of bench guys have stepped up in ways, which has been great to see. You can throw Seth Curry in there with some yeah. big shots in some of these games here recently when they've you know, really had to go deep. Um, and I hope he can just stay healthy too, because I feel like this is his, his window of time right now where, well, Kyrie is, is trying to get healthy and they need, you know, more in that position, that guard position. I mean, remember how often we were talking about what a log jam it was on this roster and how quickly, you know, (laughs) and it is. And yet all of a sudden it's like a strength because you've got, uh, a really deep bench that is helping you withstand. I mean, this is an unbelievable amount of injuries and just, you know, injuries and life situations, you know, children being born. And so personal reasons, <laughs> at the same time. it's all happening, like literally at the same time. And you've got, you know, nights where four and five guys are inactive and unavailable and now some longer term things too. So it, you know, you feel like you just have to have these rosters that are deep. And for guys like pros, like Seth Curry's and Rashawn Holmes, their nights has got to be so frustrated where they, they can't even get a sniff on the court, but then, you know, they're really needed in certain matchups or in certain situations where, you know, the team has got a lot of injuries. Absolutely. And one of the reasons why I think they've been so good at this, like next man up sort of thing is I think, their roles have been established really well. And I'm not talking about minutes. I think a lot of times we talk about roles and it's minutes, but instead, so I went to B-Ball Index. They have these certain roles that they give out. B-Ball Index is another like stat site that a lot of people use. Uh, I like, we worked with them at Locked On for a while. And uh, they have roles like the creator. That's a player. That's what Luca and Kyrie do. They, they go out, create shots for themselves, create shots for others. Uh, they have, you know, spot up shooters like Grant Williams and Derek Jones Jr. They sit out and, and space the floor on, you know, and, and catch and shoot. Then you have like the Hardaway and Curry. They're shooters. And so like you can run them off screens and do all kinds of other stuff. Um, you have the screener, which is Derek Lively. He, you know, him and uh, Dwight Powell and Rashawn Holmes, they set screens and he'll do other stuff off of that. But still, that's their primary thing. And then you have a ball handler in Exum who can come off the bench and he's filled in in spots. Green, Josh Green is the one where we really still haven't like set what his role is. He's kind of a spot up guy, kind of a finisher. And so like at least like starting with offensively, feels like everybody just fills into those spots mm-hmm. and knows exactly what they need to do like when they get on the court. Like, that's all very set, cut and dry. And isn't that about setting expectations, right? Well, I mean, if you want a happy roster that you set those expectations from the beginning Everybody knows, like what you said, what their role is. There's nobody thinking they're also going to be Luca or they're also going to be option 1B when they aren't at all. (laughs) Um, And, you know, you hear everybody saying, I'm playing off of Luca and Kyrie. I know I am. It's my job to make their job easier. That those were the expectations set. So everybody is aware and there's nobody, you know, off getting their feelings hurt. Jason Kidd last year was asked about like motivating players. Uh, and so I can't remember the exact question, but I don't think I'll ever forget his answer. There's not much I can do. Minutes and shots. That's what motivates <laughs> motivates players. And like for the Mavericks, 
they this fast this like faster pace that they've been that they've been trying to run and like getting out a little bit like that that's what will get guys some extra shots and so you've seen guys get out and transition a little bit more knowing that the ball will will come to them you've seen them hustle on defense more knowing that that will get them more minutes because Jason Kidd has like preached that so much and then you look at look at their defensive roles like they're they're very set everybody knows exactly what they do on on defense you call uh Donjic and and Kyrie Irving I, I call them like cons- they conserve that's their role on defense like conserve <laughs> themselves for the other end uh I think they call I think B-Bell Index calls it something a little different uh Grant Williams you would call a wing stopper they have a point of attack you know defenders in those are the guys that guard the guards that handle the ball that's like what Derek Jones Jr. does what Dante Exum does what Josh Green will do you have chasers, guys that like chase around three-point shooters, your Tim Hardaway's, your Seth Curry. You don't want them necessarily defending at the point of attack, but you want them chasing around and finding. Derek Lively has been an anchor with the which is what the Mavericks have need needed like forever. <laughs> They've needed one, which is why we talk about him and compare him to Tyson Chandler. And then you have uh Dwight Powell and Rashawn Holmes have been like helpers. They've been, you know, you help off of one side or the other. And so their roles on offense and on defense you know, from Jason Kidd and top down have been so defined. It feels like the team from two years ago where it, you know, teams like everybody knows what their role is now. There's not these like nebulous roles where you're like, all right, well, it felt like we kind of had that last year. It felt like last year, like Tim Hardaway, Josh Green, Christian Woods, like they're all J- Jaden Hardy at times. Like they're all kind of in and out of their, like what a role can be. And they can do a little bit more than what they've been defined to do. And now it's just, all right, cut and dry. And sometimes that helps a team a lot. Yeah, it's uncomfortable if you don't understand what you're aiming for, what your daily goal is, what your season goal is. And, you know, sometimes being uncomfortable isn't a bad place to be. Coaches like to keep players on their toes. You know, you know, we've seen that too. Um, but it's still, I think it, it doesn't necessarily help the overall um, gelling of a team. And they needed that more than ever. They had to have the chemistry right this year. Yeah. Yeah, they absolutely did. And they have so far. They've won, you know, 15 games. They've lost eight games. They've beaten teams they're supposed to. They, they haven't really had many losses where you look at it and go, oh, they should they should have beat that team. The Memphis one where Luca was out is probably the one you look at where you go, oh, they should have had that game. But all the other ones you look at, lost to Denver, lost to Toronto where they just don't match up very well like that. That's a tough kind of trap game. Uh, the loss to New Orleans where they got blown out was just a weird one. Um, Milwaukee, Sacramento. The Clippers after they had beaten them before, and then that Thunder game. Like these are all teams that yeah. are good. They're good teams, basically. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think that's going to be you know that again. We've talked about that a little bit too over as we go through the rest of the season. If that's what they can continue to do, they can avoid long losing streaks. They can step up, play well in games against these good teams, like they've done with the Lakers. Um, prove to themselves they absolutely have what it takes to be among the elite. You know, you prove to yourself first, then you show yeah. it to the rest of the world, right? So there is, I think you're right. There's a belief already. Um, now they, and there's a belief they can win even not being healthy. So that's another another good thing to be ha- put in your back pocket. You're going to yeah. see guys go down all year long. It's just the nature of this game. So instead of, Oh my God, we don't have Luca tonight or, Oh my God, we don't have Kyrie. What are we going to do? They all already go, well, we can still win. We can still win. So they, there's a lot that they have done in the first couple of months to set themselves up going forward. And I think now, you know, it's just a matter of, does this, does this have a happy ending, right? Like, do, do we see, <laughs> right. do we see like 
is it sustainable? Like, or is it Derek Jones Jr. going to really have a career year or is he going to have a career two months? Right. Um, mm. Is, is Dante Exum um, going to be the guy we've seen now for the last week? Like, is he really going to um, break out? Is this his breakout year? Can it over an 82 game season, as you mentioned how he's only played, you know, 200 and whatever total games over his career. Yeah. I don't think he's played more than 40 some games since like his second or third season um, in the league and in European seasons too, are a lot shorter. Um, you know, so do, do they have the, the stamina um, to get through the long haul of an NBA season? I think it's taken Luca five or six years to get, or well now into his, you know, that six year to get used to what it takes to play all these back-to-backs and four and five nights or five and seven and a six, seven, eight month season. You know, to me, those are the things that we're going to, I'm interested is Derek Lively going to hit a rookie wall, right? He's, I mean, he's going up against all stars every night. He's banging bodies. He's doing things he didn't even do in college. Yeah. And he's doing it here at like this scoring. level. Like scoring. Like <laughs> scoring. These, you know, these giant double doubles, these big block nights. It's phenomenal to watch. And they keep it up, right? A lot of season left. A lot of locked on Mavs left this yes. season. Dana Larson Woo-hoo. will be back weekly and we'll continue to do post games. Like I said, guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom.